Speaking of those times, how are you doing during these times, Leah? I don't know anymore. <laughs> you know, I just try to keep perspective and remember why we're doing this to help protect those who would get sick and have a really bad response to this illness and just trying to keep perspective over and over and over again because, you know, it's getting hard. Yes. But got to trust the process, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Boujou, welcome to Native Lights Bidapi. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. And in this podcast, we connect with the Native community here in Minnesota during the COVID-19 pandemic, providing connection in these social and physical distancing times. Today, we are chatting with Shelby Shelder. Shelby is a third-year medical student at the University of Minnesota. Hi, Shelby. Hi. Nice to meet you. Could you please introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, Buju Shelby Nindijnikaz Mashkigon Nuno Shaba Makwa Nindodem Gajing Zibidawa Nishnabe. Hi, everyone. I'm Shelby. I'm from Seagan, Michigan. I'm Little River Band of Ottawa Indians, and I'm Bear Clan. Nice. Wonderful. And how are you? How's your family? My family's doing okay. They're all back in Michigan. Um, and I'm here still in Minnesota. I wanted to ask, what inspired you to become a doctor? Well, so my mom is a diabetic and it's very uncontrolled diabetes. And so I became inspired in undergrad to study public health and possibly become like a diabetes educator. And then a few of my mentors um, sat me down and they told me mm. that they think that I should consider medical school because this background in public health. Also, I was really passionate at the time about um, like healthcare access, just because I struggled growing up um, not having health insurance at times and being really frustrated. And then realizing that in college that that's like a systemic thing that I could work on. Um, but realizing and having that perspective is really special and that not a lot of doctors come in with that background. Yeah, that makes sense. And has experiencing a pandemic like strengthen your desire to practice medicine? in any way? Yeah, it has. It's also frustrated me because, um, so right now I'm actually working on a paper um, for school about the racial inequities that we're seeing with COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've always known that these racial inequities existed, right? But COVID is really bringing these to light and it's become really frustrating, but also in a sense, like motivating me to keep going and remembering that it's important that I um, pursue this career. Wonderful. Could you describe the program that you're doing? Yeah. So actually, I'm not a third year. I officially yesterday became a fourth year medical student. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I'm in a program um, at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. It's a nine month long clerkship for third year med students. And you get placed at the same hospital and the same outpatient clinic for nine months. Um, and it's focused on urban underserved communities. Gotcha. So I'm curious, like, how has the, the overall program changed, you know, with the pandemic happening? Yeah. So usually third and fourth year medical students are, um, we're in hospitals and clinics. So very fast, our faculty dean and our uh, staff had to figure out a way to 
basically give us a virtual curriculum. And so we do like online patient cases and there's also like simulated cases as well, kind of like a um, virtual reality type thing, uh, which is not the same as like physically being with a patient, but I'm trying to make the best of it. So how do you do that then with, you said virtual, is it like virtual reality? (laughs) virtual kind of yeah there is a program that they had us use on my emergency medicine clerkship which was um the first two weeks of april where you would like go in it's kind of like a video game and you would like click on the medicine box and then you'd like click which medicine you wanted to give and then you could like walk around and then go talk to the patient talk to the nurse so that's that's what i did for that clerkship but now i'm actually doing patient outreach calls every day to patients that are in my community. And how's that going for you? Is that a big change? Yeah, it is. So what I do is I call high-risk patients in our community. So these are Medicaid patients. And I tell them about the telehealth that we're offering. And I talk to them about symptoms of coronavirus and I also ask them about if they have any like food access needs and things like that. Gotcha. And what's a recent call then like? Well, I started yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so today has been kind of like the official day. My patients are all pediatric patients. So I'm talking to the parents and a lot of the parents are just really scared but overall they're just really happy that we're calling them and telling them that we're thinking of them during this hard time. And if they need to schedule an appointment, we can do that via telehealth. Sure. Yeah, we just had, this is a slight aside, we just had an issue yesterday with our six-year-old who got this like pinky long, not not pinky, maybe half a pinky long splinter in his foot. And we couldn't get it out. And we're like, what do we do? (laughs) You know, if we can't like get a splinter out of his foot, do we like bring them in and have like a nurse or whatever look at it you know we did end up getting it out after a few tears but there must be a lot of hesitation to seek medical help yeah there definitely is um i've had a few parents on the phone today say i'm not bringing them in unless it's like an absolute emergency right so even like calling patients to remind them that it is okay to come in if they need like immunizations, we are still doing in-person clinic visits for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shelby, uh, what type of doctor are you aiming to be? So we have to decide that by September. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. And that's another issue with this virtual curriculum is that it's harder to figure out what doctor you want to be when you're in virtual um, curriculum. Mm-hmm. But um, going into medical school, I wanted to do family medicine just because I thought it aligned with the public health that I was already really passionate about. And I really like taking care of elders and I really like taking care of babies. So at this point, I think I'm going to go into family medicine. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. How are your fellow med students, you know, doing like you keep in contact with them? Yeah, I do. I think everyone is just really stressed and it's funny because the medical field attracts people that tend to be like more type A and want certainty. And, you know, when you get into medical school, your life is planned out for the next seven years. And um, 
And so like adjusting to uncertainty, I think has been really difficult for all of us and just like taking it day by day and like, okay, I can get through today. Like we'll worry about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think also people are worried about, especially um, medical students who are wearing clinicals when this happened, like, are we getting the education that we need to be the best doctors that we can be by learning virtually? Sure. Do you miss your patients? I do. Yeah, I really do. I miss like the in-person speaking to them. Now it's on the phone, which is really different. Yeah, we understand. (laughs) (laughs) Everything moving to phone or virtual. I was curious, uh, we talked with the women from Quaypac for our current season of the podcast, Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. And I know you're part of that Indigenous women's running group. Uh, could you tell me a bit about how that's being you know, affected by the pandemic? Yeah. The other day I did this exercise where I wrote down all of the things that I was really sad that I couldn't do. And one of those was we had this planned half marathon and marathon at Madeline Island on May 16th. But we decided that we were going to do like a virtual run together. So on May 16th, that's what we're doing. And so that's been exciting. And then I organized a few like Zoom talking circles for Quaypac that we've done. How do you do a virtual run? You know, I really don't know how that's going to work out. Um, Yeah, I'm curious about that too. Yeah, I I don't know. We even got like t-shirts for it. (laughs) We'll also put pictures in our t-shirts. Nice. Well, if you can do like virtual powwows and stuff, I mean... Why not a virtual run? Yeah. <laughs> and in what other ways have your has your life changed since the pandemic started? Well, I would say just in general, like I've never spent this much time at home, but I guess everyone can say that. Sure. Um, so I live alone. I'm in an apartment in Minneapolis, but my partner actually moved in with me during this. So that way I couldn't be alone all day. Um, That's good. Which has been great because we decided that we're going to make it permanent. Yeah, so that was cool. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) Yeah. But I wish you all the luck. (laughs) That's great. Have you had any other lightning bolts of wisdom that have popped in your head or realizations while you're getting used to the new reality? Yeah, I think I've learned to like slow down and learn to give myself grace during like a difficult situation and also like holding space for like how I responded to this, like Mm -hmm. holding space that some days are going to be harder than others. Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Having one of those days myself. Yeah. One thing that I started doing during COVID is just going on walks and there's this area in uh, where I live in Minneapolis where there's a row of like cedar trees. And so I call it like my cedar walk and I like go and I walk along the cedar trees and I feel a lot better and more at balance um, when I do something like that. Nice. Thank you so much, Shelby, for talking with us. We really appreciate it. Um, do you have any last things you'd like to say before we say goodbye? Yeah, I guess I just want to let people know that um, it's okay not to be okay and that we're all in this together. And I think we'll come out with more emotional and spiritual growth. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Best of luck in your studies now, a fourth year yeah. med student. Thank you. Miigwech. Miigwech. <laughs> Miigwech. Oh, she's so right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when we just connected, 
you and I, Cole, before interviewing her, I was just like, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my work is moving so slow. I'm just like struggling. And then to hear her talk about, you know, being generous with yourself. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not be okay. Kind of thing like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it made me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. We could all use that at this time for sure. 100%. Native Lights Bidapi is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers, made possible by funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you'd like to help us spread the word about Native Lights, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, and every major listening app, as well as minnesotanativenews.org. If there's someone you'd like to hear us catch up with, please send us an email at nativelights at ampers.org or find Minnesota Native News on Facebook or Instagram. Giga Wobbeman. Giga Wobbeman, everybody.